0: this is Norman. Welcome to Run With Horses. Today, Zulu and I are out for a walk up to Mount Kudadake. Nice day for it. It was warm earlier, but now the clouds have come out. It's cooled down. Great day for a little hike. As we go this time, we're going to be thinking about our spiritual growth and some of the different things that God gives us. Specifically today, we're thinking about people in our lives. God gives us people in our lives to help us to grow, and recently I've had the opportunity, just in talking with Susan and different people here, thinking about the idea of other Christians from different backgrounds, maybe from different denominations, a little different stripe, but they're genuinely believers. They believe the gospel as we do. They're genuinely saved. We honestly believe we'll see them in heaven, but there can be quite a range of theological differences, uh, even under that umbrella. So how do we respond to those people? How do we relate to them? There are, different, there are different levels of fellowship, and we might not be comfortable with every level of fellowship with every believer, and that's okay. I think every person will find their own level of comfort uh, in fellowship. But there are some universals as far as the way that we need to treat other believers and the way that we understand those differences and how they work in our spiritual life. Part of what I mean by that is when you meet someone that has a different theological bent and you find out about it, maybe in the beginning, depending on what it is, it may be shocking. Uh, Maybe I didn't realize that uh, people believe that or that uh, this person was different than I am because our fellowship has been good, and it just seemed like we were the same, and now we find out this, there's this difference. Um, how do we look at that? Well, one of the, the things that is important to recognize is when we meet people who, who understand scripture differently than we do, it's an opportunity for both of us. If we're genuine believers and we're comfortable that each of us um, understands and believes the gospel, then any other theology is something we can look at together as believers who are approaching God's Word and hopefully we're approaching it from the same standpoint that the, the Bible is our standard. Uh, if we can do that, then everything else we will be able to work through and come to some level of um, at least ability to agree to disagree um, if we understand the Bible is our guide. We're both looking at it. There are passages where you can legitimately end up in different places. And I'm not going to go into details today over uh, maybe any examples. But there are places where you can come up with legitimate differences when you look at Scripture. And when you do that, you have an opportunity to once again examine your beliefs. That's one of the things that is great about meeting people who see the world differently than you do. Uh, people who understand Scripture differently than you do. They've come up in a different background. Um, you are encouraged then, forced, <laughs> if it's a relationship that you have to have, you're forced to examine your beliefs and hopefully take the opportunity to really understand theirs. If we look at this same passage and we see it differently, why do you see it differently than you than I do? How do you see it differently than I do? Uh, i you have an opportunity to examine the scripture. What does it really say? Is my belief consistent with what the Bible teaches, or am I regurgitating maybe what I've been told? That's not actually what the Bible says. Um, and I think it's important for each person to be a theologian. For each person to look at the Bible and seek to understand it. Um, we are not in the uh, Old Testament system where you have to go through a priest. I mean, we do have. Uh, Pastors who have the responsibility to help us uh, develop our theology. But your faith is not reliant upon your your pastor's faith. You will stand before God uh, and stand on your own feet. On your own uh, obedience to God's word. Not your pastor's obedience. Not your pastor's understanding of scripture. The study that he's done is helpful to you as you seek to understand God's Word, but ultimately you're the one that has to do the hard work. Uh, And I really encourage each person, you need to be consistently reading with a goal of understanding uh, what the Bible says with a goal of obeying it. And I think we need to be developing our own practical living theology. That needs to be based on, what does the Bible actually say? So a foundation for how to develop that would be consistent daily reading, uh, meditating, thinking about what it says, uh, writing it out. You know, write down what you understand, particularly things that you understand that the Bible says about God, about man, about sin, about salvation, about the church. Um, there are several topics. You look at the traditional divisions of doctrine of theology. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at those, those are good main topics that you know the Bible teaches a lot about. You should be asking the question, what does the Bible say about these things? How do I understand it? What does this passage say um, that requires me to do something or to, to think a certain way? Uh, you want to be looking for those things to really understand. You want to be really researching the Bible to understand those things. Find out what am I supposed to be obedient to? What am I supposed to be doing? Uh, if you understand it and you uh, have searched it out and, and um, really put the time in, it's going to be much easier for you to obey. It's going to be much easier for you to uh, develop the heart change because you have put the time in. Uh, you put the time in meditating, it, meditating on it. It's not reliant upon someone else's. Um, hey, some pheasants. Nope, nope, not chasing pheasants. Uh, it's not you relying upon someone else's work. Uh, it's just much easier to consistently obey when you have done the work yourself. So, back to our relationship then with other people. Uh, one of the things that meeting someone from a different background does it gives both of you an opportunity to study something that maybe you haven't studied very deeply because in your tradition it's, it's not uh, super maybe important or super uh, focused on. It's not something that the church focuses on a lot. Um, maybe that's something like uh, spiritual disciplines. Something Maybe it's not so controversial. Um, some churches they talk a lot about spiritual disciplines. It's a regular ongoing part of the church's uh, conversation. Members are encouraged to study the spiritual di- disciplines, to practice them themselves. Um, other churches, you may never have heard of the spiritual disciplines. You may not know what they are. Uh, you may not really consider them something that you should think about, or something that you should practice. And by spiritual disciplines, I'm meaning the most common one that everyone would be familiar with would be fasting. Um, Some churches would have very few discussions on on fasting. Other ones, it's an ongoing part of the church. Many people regularly practice uh, fasting. It's talked about, it's encouraged. Uh, Those passages are studied with understanding that, hey, we as a church want to practice fasting as part of our spiritual walk. So there there are other ones, depending on, on the church, they may list, I think, up to 22 or 23 different spiritual disciplines. Um, so that's something, if you're from a background where that hasn't been part of your spiritual life, and you meet someone who that is a very important part of their spiritual journey, you may have an opportunity then to really talk about it together, to think about it, to be encouraged to go back to Scripture and say, hey, am I missing something? Have I um, not considered something that could really benefit me in my spiritual life? So that's just one example where it can be really beneficial to meet someone who grew up in a different tradition, who believes differently than you do, and there's an opportunity then to encourage each other to grow in our understanding. Spiritual gifts would be another area uh, if you haven't taken a spiritual gifts inventory. Uh, in, in our church, I encourage us uh, to regularly think about our spiritual gifts. I encourage everyone to take a spiritual gifts inventory. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's sort of like a test that would give you some indication of what your spiritual gifts could possibly be. It, it definitely cannot tell you what your spiritual, what your spiritual gifts are. It cannot distinguish between spiritual gifts and natural gifts. Um, just because you come up with a certain result doesn't mean you have those spiritual gifts. Uh, just because something is not listed doesn't mean you don't have those. So, All kind of caveats to, to saying it. It's still valuable because it's part of considering both what the spiritual gifts are, why God gave them to us as the church, and how we are to use them. So, Part of the way that I would teach that is all of your gifts, all of your abilities, no matter what they are, whether they're spiritual gifts or whether they're natural gifts you were born with, they were given to you by God. So there's no gift that you have that God didn't give you. So to some degree, um, it doesn't matter. Now it does matter uh, as far as the church is concerned because the spiritual gifts are where God promises fruit, they're given for the building up of the church. Having said that, a lot of your natural gifts also are very valuable in building up the church. So, we're back to the same place. It doesn't matter where those gifts came from, you are given spiritual gifts for the purpose of building up the church, for glorifying God, and in taking that spiritual gifts inventory and and thinking about and considering what my gifts are, how they can be used in the church, Um, I'm going to be more thoughtful about my life, about my choices, about the way that I live, uh, about the abilities and gifts that they do have. So many people, after taking a spiritual gift inventory and thinking about it, they're a little more willing to serve, to, to be engaged in ministry, because whether it's a spiritual gift or a natural gift, they are learning that they do have a bent a ability that's useful for the church, uh, that other people can be encouraged and helped by, and they're challenged to use that. So in the context of meeting people who have different views maybe of the spiritual gifts, uh, in going through that discussion again and thinking about what the gifts are, why we, why we have them, what their purpose is, it can be really valuable in helping us to grow. So that's another area where um, meeting someone who has maybe a different viewpoint, different understanding. Uh, Maybe has a different list of spiritual gifts than you do Um, Might be helpful It might be encouraging and you're encouraged to go back to scripture and say what does it say about these spiritual gifts? How am I to use them? Um, Those kind of conversations with another believer who is genuinely seeking to use their gifts for the glory and honor of God whether you agree about which gifts uh, You have or don't have or could have which gifts are still in operation or not in operation It can still be a conversation that is uplifting, that points us both toward God. So the way to look at those relationships where we are in different areas, uh, different places, uh, theologically, is to look at a triangle and say, we're at the bottom two points of the triangle, at the top center of the triangle, is God and His perfect truth. Uh, He understands His word and what He meant by it. We don't always perfectly understand that. But our goal in relating with that other person who's at that bottom corner of the triangle is to help them look toward God, not to look toward me. Uh, Your goal in looking at another, another Christian is not that they become like you or that you become more like them, but your goal is to help them become more like God. Your goal is to allow that relationship with them to help you become more like Jesus yourself. So, it's not a matter of learning what they believe, and accepting what they believe, the goal should be for both of you to look at what the Bible teaches and commit to moving closer to a biblical understanding, not to a closer, not not closer to a understanding of the other person's theology. Uh, along the way, you probably will gain that, but that's not ultimately your goal. Your goal, the goal is not to uh, build clones of yourself. I don't think any of us have perfect theology. Uh, What we want to have is uh, a clear commitment to Scripture, to the truths of God's Word, a clear commitment to uh, obeying what we understand, and to helping other people to understand it. So in our conversation, uh, it can be super encouraging, even if we disagree in the end about what the Bible teaches about a certain topic, whether it's spiritual gifts or disciplines or whatever it is, it can be a conversation that was really encouraging to us. Ultimately, ultimately, my goal as a Christian is to be more like Jesus and to help other people to be more like Him. Uh, So the way that I communicate, the way that I express differences of opinion or differences of understanding are really important. So particularly with someone that we accept they are believers. To to the best of my ability, the best of my understanding, this person I'm talking to really genuinely uh, is a believer. They understand and believe the gospel. I will be in uh, united with them in eternity, so I should be trying to get along with him now. If I have someone like that, it matters how I talk to them. Uh, The attitude that I take I think we too often say things in a way that tear each other down. That show not just disagreement, but dis- disapproval and dislike. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to um, not just not accept their belief, we don't want to accept the other person. Um, we don't want to be friends with them. We don't want to talk with them. We don't want to be contaminated by what they believe. And I think that's really carrying it too far. Um, there is a place where we say, well, you know, there's some conversations with some people I probably don't want to have. Totally get that. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. There's some conversations you may not be ready for now, you may not be ready for ever, they may not be ready for uh, if someone is going to be attacking and um, attacking the person and not the, the idea or not really discussing scripture, then yeah, there's a place to say, you know, this is not a safe conversation for us to have, Uh, and it's not profitable. Uh, The conversations that are built around a person and attacking their character are, um, really, that's not going to help either one of us develop Christ-likeness, and it's showing that we have a long way to go when we do that. But if we can lovingly, kindly look to scripture and explain, this is how I've come to my belief, my understanding, Uh, Where am I mistaken? Uh, Where have I missed something? Where is your understanding different? And then look at those places where they are different and examine what the scripture says. Are there other places where the scripture expounds upon that? Together we can learn and grow. That's always the goal is together to learn and grow to point each other toward Christ. And I think as we can do that, we really benefit from relationships with believers who are not like us, because we're certainly going to see a lot of them in eternity.